Yeah. Hello and welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker and I'm joined as always by Matt Chamberlain. How you doing, Matt? Um, I'm deprived. Deprived? Of, of basketball. Oh yeah, that's a good point. It's been... Uh, I'm not getting into like any marriage things right now. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's been like a couple days. Like, uh, what are we doing? Like, where's the next game? Yeah, no, that's the scariest part about this whole thing is that we have no clue when the next NBA season is going to start. Like, the next NBA thing is the draft, and like no, that's going to be like a monthish, like a away. month away, and then we have no no clue what's next. Like, we don't even have a free agency start period. It's sometime a couple days after the. F- draft is kind of the idea but i mean how many teams are like ready for that i there's a handful of teams ready for the draft we Probably have no a lot idea of teams what still the scrambling. yeah and teams like how do i draft if i don't know how much money i can spend yeah in free agency like it's crazy that like again talking about the uncertainty and unprecedented and all that well that's not ending <laughs> basketball games are ending but that's not ending yeah yeah, the uh, that I mean that's a good point is that the bubble I think the NBA has its hardest challenge ahead of it now is that the yeah. bubble was once we knew like there weren't very many cases getting in as zero actually hey. then uh, like from there it's just kind of I mean, it's the uncertainty part it's uncertain piece before we dive into the NBA finals and talking about LeBron's legacy and all that jazz. Uh, Remember to follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram. You can even find us um, on Facebook. Little known fact, we have a Facebook page. Also, uh, you can find us on your favorite podcast platform, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. Give us a rating and review. We'd greatly appreciate that. Matt, what happened in episode 82 people need to know about? So that was our post-game four episode late night. Um coming in for that we just scheduling couldn't make post game five work but here we are end of series now so the game four again big game uh so go check that one out especially if you're a laker fan i guess um yeah that was when we pre-centered the lakers yeah to, to win the championship yeah close out the next game and miami gave us uh, uh an opportunity to eat some crow there but Ultimately, obviously, the Lakers held on in six. And that's that brings us to a point one of the NBA news for the week, Matt, is that the Lakers are the NBA champs, just like we thought. Ugh. Except for game five. Yeah. You know, swing and a mess there. Uh, in other news, Ty Lue getting momentum for the Rockets head coach job, which, surprising, not surprising? I don't think it's surprising, but... What what are the Clippers doing? <laughs> I don't know what the Clippers or Rockets are doing at this point. Yeah, like they they've I'm had their worried. coaching vacancies for like a month now. Like both coaches, it's yeah. been like like D'Antoni like, specifically like you got off on? the plane and was like, yeah, I'm not the coach anymore of this team. Yeah, like, like pretty clearly. <laughs> is it is there someone from the L.A. or Miami coaching staff that you were waiting on? Are we waiting on Jason Kidd? Are you wait uh, like Phil Handy? Like is that it? But he's not even interviewed for anything. That not that we've heard of. So, oh, I mean that's that's just and I. There's a reason both those teams are who they are. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, another head coaching uh, interview. Uh, Stan Van Gundy getting strongly looked at by New Orleans. Is this, this- interesting? 
I think I like it from the perspective of we are going to be very clear in what we're doing and our expectations, and we're going to develop and play this way. Now, I, is Stan the exact basketball X's and O's guy for New Orleans? I don't know. I guess we're gonna, a part of it's going to really test us to see what Brandon Ingram is. Is he a transition offense ISO only basketball player? Is there more to his game than that? I, what he does is, is cool and obviously a huge improvement from previous seasons, but seeing what's real and not real with him, seeing if Zion weighs 400 pounds or not is going to be interesting. Is Drew still going to be around to even see? I think Van Gundy would want him to be, right? But I think if he does get the job, it's a pretty clear signal by New Orleans that they think they're ready to make the playoffs already. Yeah, I mean, like, the Alvin Gentry firing is... uh... I mean, it's kind of baffling because, like, you felt like he had enough momentum there. Uh, I mean, we've seen Stan Van Gundy and Big Man work out before, right? Yeah. Right? With Dwight? Kind of? Yeah, I mean, of. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I mean, like, it, in theory, it could work. I think there's still more work to be done with this roster. I was super... Um, on the bandwagon of New Orleans, if you will. I had them making the playoffs. As you should have been. Uh, and they didn't. But I, I, I can understand why they fired Alvin Gentry, I guess, to an extent, because you had an expectation of making the playoffs and didn't. I, I think there's still some question marks, like you brought up, of Drew Holiday. Lonzo Ball, yeah. reportedly not happy. Uh, but is Lonzo Ball happy anywhere? That's a good point, too. Probably not. Um, speaking of Alvin Gentry, <laughs> named... Kings named him an associate head coach. Super under the radar. I didn't even know this happened. Yeah, I know. Until it's just you like brought it up. the news. This definitely feels like the uh, coach in waiting once Luke Gart once Luke Walton gets fired in game twenty one, right? <laughs> like that's that, that's what this is going for, right? Is it gonna? I mean, is that the over under we're setting? Is it twenty one and a half games? Are we setting for Luke Walton? I as out. I don't know if it's twenty one. I would I would bet the under on that. I one. would too. I was honestly, I'm thinking more like sixteen and a half. I would put it at ten. <sighs> like if they get off to a slow start, like they I mean, they're bringing made a new the management, right? Two, two seasons ago. Yeah, you know that's a good point. They're bringing in new management. De'Aaron Fox now is getting towards the end of that rookie deal. And like so, you've got to win. Yeah, you pain buddy healed a lot. The Bagley thing, if if they can't figure out how to use Bagley still, and it's like very obvious at the beginning of the year, maybe you're right. It's a quick move. Wouldn't be shocked. Is Alvin Gentry the right guy for this job? I mean, Darren Fox is fast. If, I mean, if that's all you need is a really fast point guard to just push and run, then I guess I don't know if the rest of the roster is really built that way, but Darren is. I mean, that's what got them almost like a couple games off the playoffs two seasons yeah. ago. Um, was that fast style and i mean they came really close to that but yeah uh unfortunately for kings they didn't i mean they didn't really make any progress this year so yeah definitely felt more like a step back um last little news piece i forgot to type it in so that's my bad um the nba is allowing teams to begin conducting in-person meetings medical evaluations workouts for the 2020 draft um from october 16th through november 16th so teams will get to re- um, will be receiving up to two visits per player, um, no more than ten total um, among prospects. So you got to be 
picky with who you bring in and how often you bring them in. Um, but the NBA is allowing some in-person meetings. Again, with COVID, I'm, I'm interested to see how they space out. Like, do you have to quarantine for like 48 hours, mm. negative test, or is it just come and go? Which feels very un-NBA-like, considering how the last several months have gone. feels more like the NFL and college football. Um, shout out Baylor for canceling <laughs> OSU's game this upcoming week. Um, also, Florida got put on hold, too. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, it's yeah, wild. Yeah. They asked to start filling their stands again with their 90,000 fans. And then they had to shut down the <laughs> program. I'm not, I'm not saying I believe in karma, <laughs> but I'm um, just going to let that be. Uh, so that's our last piece of the news now we're moving on to our favorite bubble segment of 2020 which is one two three cancun last one last one that we have to do uh so if you missed this before this is where we talk about the exiting team of the bubble this time i mean the lakers and heat are exiting but we're just Mm going to talk about the heat in this segment yeah and next moves so let's get into it and i think i'm gonna i'm gonna start this point off here because i've been in this bandwagon before no more slander ever for Jimmy Butler. Like, that's... Uh, yeah. We are universally agreeing as an NBA community that there should be no more slander on Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Also, I texted this to you. I'm going to say it here. The Timberwolves, the Bulls, and the 76ers should have their picks <laughs> taken away for the next 10 years for what they've done to Jimmy Butler and the slander they put on his name. Yeah. That's all. Bad luck. Right. It's a, I mean, like, could you imagine, like... If you're a 76ers fan watching the series, what goes through your head? That it's just one, blind of Joel, one of Joel, Brett Brown, Ben Simmons, or a combination thereof were a massive problem because <laughs> Jimmy Butler couldn't even get them to the finals. I mean, it, it's it's like even a bigger thing because like Embiid's tweeting during the series about right. how upset he is that Butler's not his teammate. Yeah. Um, so that that's not not a good look um, for Philly. Surprise! That management is trash. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a worse look for Elton Brand, right? Yeah, that you like that's what it comes down to. Just said, see you later. Uh, and you're like, yeah, Tobias Harris, that's a good replacement, right? <laughs> it's um, the same. We'll pay you more than what the Heat are paying Jimmy Butler. So that's that's a tough look there. So with Jimmy, not just the past teams, but even with this team, this is not like the greatest set of individuals he's ever had obviously and that's not even just the philly days like that's even going back to chicago and minnesota days like there's not even a carl anthony towns level of talent on this miami team like not even close like bam's not there yet no no um especially offensively i mean jimmy butler played with an mvp derrick rose right yeah like that's the thing is like that was a good chicago teams he had yeah uh like go on like don't get wrong nice moments all year fantastic bubble who knows what ultimately happens with this series if Goron doesn't get hurt. But, like, Goron's just, like, a really good player. Maybe, like, a one-time all-star level of player. But, like, he's not a great... He really just went at uh, the Lakers with two white guys named Tyler and Duncan. <laughs> right? Who all they do is shoot. Like, and he, like, won two games. Yeah. Like, he took, not nobodies, but... Not superstars, not a superstar, and he was, it was like he was taking Kendrick Nunn and to he, Game Six of the NBA Finals, yeah. and he was like LeBron, come here, <laughs> and just like worked. Yeah, like that's incredible stuff there. Or on defense, he's like, I'm I'm guarding LeBron or Anthony Davis every time, like, and I'm not switching. 
Yeah. So you all can fight through me. Like, that's some big baller stuff right there. Like, a lot of people talk about, like, having that Mamba mentality and, and all this. Not just this year, but every year. And it's like, nah, this dude's got it. He, he's smart enough to know when to go at him, when to pull back and trust his teammates. But he's also got the got the best mindset on, like, now it's my time. And some games, he, he's a little too passive. Game six, ran out of gas. Yeah, but just gassed. Yeah, but game five, though, it, there was no doubt who was getting the ball, and it was going in. Game five of this NBA Finals might be one of the best Finals games we've seen in and, years. And game three was really good. <laughs> yeah, like that back and forth between LeBron and Jimmy Butler, like that's that's an all-time, I think yeah. that's an all-time moment for Jimmy yeah. Butler. I don't know about LeBron's legacy because, like, I, I think it's a credit to outdueling Jimmy Butler to LeBron, but, like, in scale of significance, not that big of a deal, I don't think. No. Um, but I, I'm just so impressed. Like, Jimmy Butler has said from the beginning, all I want to do is win. And now he's found a franchise and an organization who's behind that mentality. Right. Um, and it's just kind of crazy that he's kind of just been slandered from team to team about, you know, he's a bad teammate. He's not, like, he's bad for chemistry and all this stuff. And it turns out he's great for chemistry. The other guys around him just had no no passion yeah. to win like he does. That's a great way to describe Jimmy Butler is he's passionate, right? Yeah. Like, he, not, not just that he wants to win, but he's like, I'm looking to go at you every day of practice. Not just, you know, every, every time down the floor in a game. Like, every practice, every weight room lift. Like, we are going to get better right now, and I'm going to push you to your limit. And if you don't like it, then either leave or send me somewhere else to where there are other are guys like that and like that's always been a knock on like cat yeah. right that's always been a knock on like simmons and Embiid, and so now yeah there's none uh of the guys like that level of talent on this miami squad but that just drive and the level of buy-in made up for it enough to get them to the finals and give the Lakers a decent run for their money. Like, yeah, game six was what game six was, unfortunately. That's, that sucks to end it that way. But it's also with the recognition of, like, there was, you had nothing else to give. At least you laid it all out there. Yeah, you went, I mean, you went out your way, right? right. Like, you went out swinging. And, like, yeah. that's what I appreciate about this Miami Heat team. Like, this series, realistically, probably is a four-game series. Well, especially with the injuries. Yeah, too. like, Bam going out. Like, game three? Bam didn't play, and they yeah. won. Yeah. Like, their second best like player. Kelly Olenek was, like, out there playing legit minutes. <laughs> and, like, Myers Leonard was getting real, like, game time. Like, Kendrick Nunn, like, had to play, Gosh. like, he had to give them 14 points in game five to even for it to be a game. Yeah. And, like, they, they got it to game six, which is just a huge, huge credit to this team. I think moving on from Jimmy Butler, I think looking in ahead to next season, my question's surrounding this roster it's like what can you give like you were right there like right there what can you equip jimmy butler with to to make it over this hump right like who do you have to go get to to kind of just put you over that hump are you looking to get goran dragic back on your roster yeah because he's a free agent he is and he's 34 he's coming off this foot injury i mean he played in game six so maybe that lets you know like it's not that awful of an injury um if the price is right bring him back but that's the thing if if you choose not to bring Dragic back you have to not just bring in a point guard but a point guard who can do work off the dribble whether that's as a passer 
or preferably as a shooter also. You like, have to you, the point guard has to be able to get Bam involved because yeah. that's what they were missing in Game Six. Like it, they were really trying to force feed Bam, and like Anthony Davis was having none of it because yeah, the the guard coming around that screen just had no yeah. no like attack. And and to me, the more I watch none, the more I'm like he's a two. He's yeah. just a two who's ISO and spot ups. That's all he's good for, and that's fine. Um, they tried to really make Hero into a ball handler, like especially out of the pick and roll. He wasn't that. He wasn't ready for that. No, and and maybe he grows into it, but that's definitely not his game right now. Yeah, it's just it's just not, and that's fine. Um, but if you're like, okay, Jimmy Butler's thirty one, we got realistically a championship window in the next two years. You can't just hope and pray Tyler Hero somehow gets there in two years. <laughs> yeah, like that's not. So I would say if you're not bringing back Dragic. Whether it's trade or free agency, you got to go find someone like that, that quick, off the dribble point guard who can create, whether it's a bucket for themselves or someone else that can create off the dribble. Um, and we talked about that with, like, with, I'm not saying Chris Paul's the answer, but like with the Thunder, because like, Chris Paul, Shea, they weren't like blowing by guys. Like, they're good finesse. But sometimes you just need someone who's like, I'm going right by you. Almost like Rondo at times. Like, yeah. like he would just be like, you know he's looking right, and then all of a sudden it's a hard crossover back to the left into to a layup. Yeah, yeah, because like Jay Crowder's like I didn't even think he. It was in his mind to drive by me right now. Um, I'm not saying Rondo's obviously the answer to this either, but like just someone who has that skill set, I think is so important for the Heat. Just someone who can create off the dribble because obviously it's not Duncan's game. That's obviously not where Hero's best. Jimmy creating off the dribble is more for himself or yep. dump offs. Um, it's not really much else. So that's where I'm kind of at as like the one major um, point of of need for this squad because you still have Iguodala coming back, um, which he kind of showed something there. Yeah, again, he's more of a 16 game player than yeah. an 82 game player, but um, and then replenishing this wing depth is that bringing back Jay Crowder? Yeah, um, not Solomon Hill is great by any means, but he was fine. You know, someone else you can bring back, right? Yeah. Um, Derek Jones Jr., bring him back. Um, I don't know if he's getting paid a ton. Because, again, the skill level doesn't match yeah. the athleticism at all or the effort. But maybe that's when you can bring back, bring back on a pretty cheap contract. The Heat have some options. Um, as right now, they're only slated for $82 million, um on the books next year. So they've got some room. But it's not just like you can go throw big money at guys. Yeah, either. it's not like a max contract slot yeah. either. Yeah. Um, that's a tough spot to be in, and like that's one of our was one of our concerns about the Heat. What we've been talking about is like they're kind of locked into what they have ish, just because of the money working out. But I mean, like it feels like this team was so close, and like your top competitors are gonna be the Bucks, maybe. But you ran through them, and like, you'll see what Boston is next year. Boston, if Tatum, Brown, Walker take a step, yeah. I, I, like I didn't. The Seventy Sixers, if they ever figure out what they are, that's more of wait and see. Yeah. Still, again, don't bet on Philly. But you still feel like, and the Raptors are going to be around. I think you still feel like you're one of the three best teams in the East, probably. And somewhere in there, maybe not talent wise, but you have to feel, yeah, feel confident in your team. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like this Miami squad more than I did at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Well, yeah, they've they've proven what it looks like when it all comes together yeah like again and we've said it before this squad the individuals are fine good 
I mean, Jimmy Butler is like the only only guy who's to step up from that level. But the sum of the parts is great, and that there's really something to be said about that. That's a lot of credit to Spolstra. It's a lot of credit to the leadership of Butler and Dragic, um, Pat Riley. Pat Riley, yeah, constructing the squad, finding the right type of guys. But again, to win an NBA championship, it that might get you to the game, but to win it, you you're probably still like a major piece away. So it's it's close though. It's way closer than I thought it would be. Especially You're closer than 76ers at this point, which yeah, is saying yeah. something. Yeah, if only they had someone that was tough. If they only had a Jimmy Butler, right? Jimmy Butler type, right, <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was kind of transitioning back into that last point, not about Philly, but about Miami. Is Again, it's not that Miami wasn't attractive as a destination before this, because obviously the whole LeBron and Chris Bosh thing, but and Miami's Miami, right? Um, the attractiveness, though, of this team in free agency and in the trade market, like, not that Kawhi is obviously leaving, but like the way Kawhi was like, I'm going to the Clippers. Like, I'm going there. Go get me Paul George. Like, make this work. Is like, Miami might get back to having that level of pull, right? Because the Clippers were competitive the year before, and that's why superstars were like, okay, we could actually see something there. Okay, Miami t- took that on steroids and was like, okay, you not just saying Giannis, but whomever. Oh, okay. I I like that Oladipo. Maybe. Like, mm. Oh, I like yeah. that. Um, get me there. Whatever you need to do, get me there. And I or whether it's a free agent, whether that's you know a Bogdanovich type or whomever. You know what? I'll take two million less to go there. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's just yeah. Or you know, I don't need a four million dollar deal for whatever you know bench player. I'll take it for two to to go play for Miami. You know, that kind of stuff must, may start falling in your favor now. Um, not that it wasn't necessarily before, but you're just increasing your odds by doing it this way. It's the same way with college football and recruiting. The more you can at least appear like you're like, this is a good place to go, we win games, the more likely you are to start getting some, some guys, some dudes in there that can actually push you over the top. So I think that's a, another moral victory for Miami. Not that Jimmy Butler counts moral victories at all, but that's another moral victory for the Heat as a franchise. The Cruton season starts now for Miami. I mean, how much, on a side, how much Cruton was going on in the bubble? Oh, a lot. All the tampering. uh, Like, those teams, could you imagine if you're, like, a small market team? Like, are you, as Sam Presti, are you just, like, super thankful you got out early? (laughs) Like, uh, someone's just like waiting, like outside, like some GM's just waiting outside of like Chris Paul's hotel room. <laughs> like, hey, what's up? What's wearing, going like, on? Wearing like their team's gear. It's uh, like, what's going on? Let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah. let's lose this game seven to the Rockets. Let's get out of here. Uh, anyways, that's a fun. That's a fun thing. Uh, all the tampering done in the bubble. No more tampering done for the Lakers, though. No, no, no. They are the NBA champions. Take it or leave it. I didn't think it would happen at times during the season. But it, we're here. So let's talk about it, Matt. Yeah. What I mean, what were your what were your takeaways from this final series? Again, part of what doomed Miami against LA was the injuries. But the fact that they made Duncan Robinson the second best player for the Heat. Part of that's they lost him at times. Also, though, like you made Duncan Robinson have to be the number two. Like yeah. that—that's a credit to your defense overall. That no one else from Miami could get going. 
Really, I mean, Hero. Honestly, he he didn't have a good game since the one eruption against Boston. Okay, the thirty-seven point. Yeah. Game. Outside of that, he wasn't great. Bam! Again, no, he had the injury, but even when he was out there and pre-injury, it wasn't the same, right? So they they could never get Crowder going. They could Iguodala was more just good as like a complimentary old vet out there. It was Jimmy or bust. So I think that's a lot of credit to the Lakers. Um, so one shout out Duncan Robinson for hitting shots. Um, especially late in the series, yeah. but credit to LA also for making it to where Duncan Robinson had to make shots for them just to be in the game, right? And that Lakers defense, again, it's not the greatest defensive team of all time by any means. It's not a top ten greatest defensive team of all time, but it was good enough and scrappy enough to for this season to really work. And it, at worst, it really threw off a lot of teams they played. Of like just how many guys are like I don't want to say they didn't play guys who sucked uh, <laughs> or didn't suck, but like they they definitely just kept their own guys out there. At the end of the day, it was just we we as the Lakers just needed you to be good enough because we have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So like just get out of the way at yeah. times. Yeah, the timing for the defense was always there. Like they switched when they should have switched. Like, they were contesting when they should have contested. Like, they... Like, Duncan Robinson getting, like, an open shot was kind of a miracle. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. What happened on that possession? Um, Whereas, it, like, with when you play, like, Denver, like, that's happening, like, every other possession. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, if you're playing this a LeBron's Cavs team, like, Duncan Robinson's getting open corner three on, All like, a, every All other possession because J.R. Smith is out there trying to chase him around and forgets that Good he's... Night. Uh, <laughs> so, I, like, that's that's a great point, is that, like, I think Anthony Davis deserves a ton of credit for taking away Bam. And, like, LeBron just was locked in this whole series on defense. I mean, the whole year on defense. Yeah. Like, he was one of the best defensive players in the world this year, uh, which hasn't always been the case. Definitely it was not. It was just incredible watching that team. Like, it was just arms everywhere. Like, they couldn't... Like, passing lanes, all of it was just, like, taken away. Like, good shot contests. Really well done, just effort-wise, from the Lakers. Even yeah. in those... Like losses, they were pretty competitive yeah. on defense. Yeah. It wasn't like, ah, oh, man, they really let this one slip, and it was like a ten point game. Like and the Heat never really had that type yeah. of game. Yeah, I mean Jimmy, credit all the credit for for making the shots. Took a lot of tough shots though. Yeah, and like no, contested. In. Yeah, like contested eighty shots. Even yeah. the games like in game three, like he had a kind of just like this falling away bank to yeah. like kind of seal the game for them. And it was, it was like, if you're LA, you're like, I'm just going to live with that shot. You, you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Right. And even like game five, when he's like taking Markeith Morris to the post and then just doing like these one-legged fadeaways, but like, it looks so clean and so smooth. It's like, you clearly work on that, man. Yeah. Um, and, but at the same time, it's like, what better defense can Morris play on that? None. Could other guys play better defense on that? Probably. But maybe he's still making the shot. It's like borderline. Who cares? Yeah. Um, going back to your LeBron point, more whole holistic. That was a great series by LeBron James. Like he had the one game, where it was like two wait like game three. I think too many turnovers, and to start game four, 
for some reason that extra quarter or so yeah just a bunch of turnovers outside of that though he was he was brilliant the entire time yeah i mean he was the best uh, just like by like he showed why he's one of the two greatest players of all time like that's that's where the conversation like starts going of course like we're going to talk about uh, there's a whole bunch of narratives about lebron's legacy i don't think i'm ready to approach that conversation yeah. yet but I, I like he was just great like i think like his Mark, bad games are 29 8 and 5 yeah like right? that's that's the thing is like i think mark jackson made a really good point is like sometimes you just take greatness for granted and like this lebron run for the last decade has kind of been taken for granted like yeah. what what kind of player have we seen best dominant in like, any sport yeah to get to the finals in nine of the last 10 years right that's the point being hammered home a lot and really last year i mean the lakers obviously didn't have the season they wanted but they would have made the playoffs if lebron didn't get hurt he had the yeah. groin injury for a good chunk of the year they were trending that way yeah like they they at least could have been like the seven last year if he's healthy which again is that great no do they make it to the finals still probably not but you would have made someone knock him out of the playoffs in that situation. Again, not betting on it very often uh, for where that's going to happen. <laughs> now, I think what I appreciated most about LeBron's game throughout the, the series, but also these last couple games since we haven't talked about them too much, was just, and it's always been a great skill set of his, but like reading the room. Yeah. Like just feeling what needs to happen. And we're going to do that. If it means I need to go bully ball right now and take Jay Crowder in the post, cool. Got got it. Come it's, here, Jay Crowder. It's a bucket. If it's, <laughs> hey, there's doubling AD and I, we got to find that weak side guard or someone's open, we got to find him. I, I got it. I'm going to find him. Whether it's a Danny Green shot in game five or, you know, KCP and Rondo in game six, we're going to find him. We're going to do, do that right now. And if we need to stop... At the end of the day, again, sometimes the Lakers switch too much. At the end of the day, they needed a shot. They needed a defense rebound. I trust LeBron more than any other guy out there, not just between Miami and L.A., but pretty much in the league, they're going to make the right play. And just always knowing that and always feeling what needs to happen next, it's it's what gets LeBron just even in the position to win a championship. And then now we've seen four different occasions. He's done it. He's followed through and got the chip. And again, having that level of IQ and knowing what to do, there's you know a handful of guys in the world who are even in that same stratosphere as him. And to have the skill and the body that he has to go along with it, it's it's why the debate is what it is about him and Jordan. Mm. Yep, a hundred percent. I think that was one of my points. Is that I think LeBron kind of sensed this was like a legacy-defining series. Hundred percent did. And like he just like in Game Six, like he anytime he saw just the one body in front of him, like he was going to the rim. Yeah. Which he didn't send two bodies at him essentially the whole game. That's why they lost by like thirty almost. It felt like it only bit being like thirteen, but it was were, a thirty point. It game. Yeah, it ballooned up to thirty. Uh, and never really got super close outside of that. But, I mean, LeBron, he just, like, I keep, like, you watch The Last Dance, like, comparing him to MJ. It's like, you always felt like MJ was going to win. 
Yeah. And LeBron's starting to get to that point of, like, he's just winning series. He's just yeah. winning games. Yeah. No, it's... As much as they don't bet on Philly, don't bet against LeBron at this point. <laughs> especially if he has any semblance of a team. Yeah. Like, really, and again, not to get so far into this, but the only years where I, I haven't felt great about LeBron's chances of winning in NBA Finals are the years where I'm just like, I got no idea who the other four guys are out on the court with you, dude. But good luck. You got, like, Matthew Delvadova and... Tristan Thompson. Tristan so. Thompson... J.R. Smith is, like, grabbing offensive rebounds. Like, so, what are we doing here? Right. So that's why I'm kind of like, if if you've got a good team, even a a good team to compliment you, maybe not yeah. even a good team, but a good team that compliments you, then you've got a great shot. And just there's just not many guys in, in any sport, let alone talking about basketball and NBA, that just have that kind of, of weight and power and, like, you swing the odds so greatly in your favor, in your team's favor, just by being who you are. And you don't have to do anything that's special because your game on its own is special and creates so much. Um, on the offensive end, always, but this year on the defensive end, too. So now I think we got to talk a little bit about the supporting cast. You have a point here about Rondo. And, and we'll, we can talk on... Uh, a guy I'm slowly becoming more and more a fan of in KCP. So, my point here is Rondo ended up being the third best player on this team, which, who had that at the beginning of the year? Not me. I, 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 like, I know as a Celtics fan and then watching him bounce around the league, you know, after the Boston stint, he had the one nice little bit in Chicago, right? I thought his career was done like four years ago. I mean, like, he was with the Kings. Pelicans. Like, you forgot. Too. I forgot he was with the Kings. Yeah. That like, was he was with the Pelicans, where he helped sweep uh, the Blazers with AD. Um, and then he ends up on the Lakers. And, like, he's, he's like, unplayable during the regular season. Like, he can't play him. And deserved, then also. Deserved to get trashed for large portions of the year. Yeah. Like, couldn't play him. Wouldn't shoot the ball. And now he's, like, in the bubble, he's taking, like, step-back threes. Yeah. And, like, hitting them. And, and you're like, oh, God, do we have to go over screens on Rajon Rondo now? And that is the last place you want to be, because then he's just a passing machine. Yeah. Out of that. Uh, him and KCP are kind of in that third best player for me, for the Lakers for this series. Again, KCP, a lot of good buckets, a lot of good defensive minutes, too. But Rondo, you know, when it's working, especially... It's like, well, that, you were exactly what this team needed. Yeah. Um, off the ball, uh, catch and shoot guy, which is weird. Never thought to say that for Rondo. But then <laughs> on the ball, live dribble, make a play, make a pass, make a read. I mean, that's his strongest suit, obviously, is, is that portion of his game. And it worked for the Lakers. Again, it was within a defined role. It wasn't super extended amounts of time. It was, you got four minutes right now. LeBron's on the bench. You're in the game. Yeah. Let's let's make it happen right now, and again, Carbet was it was enough at moments. There were games where it's like just nothing was working for him, and that's concerning. KCP, I'm not here to like argue that KCP was like definitely the third best player in the series, right? I don't care that much, but like he provided a lot more consistent catch and shoot, a lot mm -hmm. more consistent defense. Yep. But when Rondo was right and Rondo was really you know doing his pesky thing. Both on both ends of the court, 
Like, it was like, ah, man, that Lakers team needs you more than they need anything else besides, obviously, AD and LeBron. Yeah. Yeah, I was super impressed with just, like, Rondo just, he came out off the bench for them and scored, like, 11 points or 9 points That's straight. And just, like, kind of blew the game, like, off its hinges and, like, was attacking, was shooting threes, and all of this just, like, Rondo stuff that you haven't seen in feels like years. I don't know if you've ever seen it, like, consistently ever. Yeah, and then, like, defense, he's still frisky. Like, he can poke the ball loose and get, like, some steals here and there. He'll get, like, a random offense rebound. If a team secures a defense rebound, he'll kind of come from behind and just kind of poke it out of their hands still or steal an outlet pass. Yeah. Because you're not looking or steal an inbound pass because you're not looking. It's, like, the dumb stuff that, like, the guy who tries way too hard at the YMCA does. (laughs) But it's, like, you know what, though? I'll take you on my team. Yeah. Like, you make those plays. And it's just like win. you make enough winning plays yeah. to make this a thing. Right. And, like, to warrant good minutes from you. Yeah. I, I KCP did it, I mean, did enough, like you said. I We've been screaming all year about this guard play, who's going to be the third best player on this team. And somehow, some way, a combo of KCP and Rondo that was is, is the solution. Yeah. Um, I'll say, I, I have this point. Still don't feel great about the Los Angeles Lakers supporting cast. They won the championship. Still don't feel great about it. Would not <laughs> recommend trying it again. I feel like uh, that was like me saying Christian McCaffrey's going to be injury prone in the NFL, and then he gets injured once. I'm like, see, I told you. I did it. I did it. Yeah, so uh, like, it worked this year. And like, you know, if you want to say Caruso, he's an NBA guy for for several years. Fine. Is he? What is, yeah, what is like, Alex Caruso? Is he like He's Matthew Delvadova, but he's taller. Yeah, like is he gonna have this year and then like the Knicks are gonna convince themselves like this guy's a ten million dollar a year guy. Yeah. And then it's like, no. And then you watch him play like without LeBron, it's like, oh god, can you You're going really fast and you're trying really hard. I appreciate it. But like what do you actually do sometimes? <laughs> you know? Um like it's nice, but it's nice in certain contexts. It doesn't work everywhere. His his thing, his game, you know. And then we got the bigs in that situation of Dwight and Javale, and it's like, what are we doing here? Like mm-hmm. this doesn't really work. Like I guess if you're playing the bad teams, or you have a random matchup that works for a bit. Like that's cool, but like that's not something you're looking at in any way of a long term view. And then even the Rondos and KCPs and Danny Greens, it's like, still never felt slash feel great about it. But I mean, again, if it works t- enough, it works enough. And then Kuzma, what it? What are you? <laughs> that's the, the that's the thing is uh, Kuzma is still not. He's not the third option. He never elevated his game into that role. No, like he was pretty bad defensively. Ooh. Um, in this series, honestly, like, when you were asking him to chase around Duncan Robinson, like, he fouled Duncan Robinson on a couple three-point shots. Yeah. And, like, I I don't know what to do with Kuzma. Like, they were pretty adamant about keeping him in that AD trade. At this point, I feel like you just get rid of him and try to recoup something. But I, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about Kuzma anymore. But this is not a like, Kuzma bet. Um... Within your point about, like, you still don't feel great about the sporting cast for the Lakers, 
do you see this team going back to back or even like going multiple years on a championship run dynasty is the word that comes to mind for me I mean, if you have a healthy LeBron James and Anthony Davis and you got two of the top five, six players in the world on your roster, I mean, you feel pretty good about that. And, I mean, even as a top, what, four seed, I feel like that's almost a lock for next year. Yeah. You know, it's going to be hard coming out of the bubble and, and a very short, you know, off season, then coming back, right? So I, I could see the Lakers, at least for next year, not getting quite the start you'd expect them. But still making the playoffs, obviously. I I don't love bringing Danny Green back for fifteen million. <laughs> I would really love to get off that. I don't know if anyone's taking that right now, though. I mean, without a pick, I mean the Lakers have like pick twenty eight, twenty nine, something like that. I mean they could attach it to Danny Green and get off of him. I don't know if he's that bad, but he's not good, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. That I mean that's good. that's the point of Danny Green right now. Is you're trying to get off him in year one. Yeah, and so you know, okay, if we bring back some other ancillary pieces, like is that good enough still? I, it worked this year. I don't. Again, I we talked about it a little bit last time. Was is any of this like? Because we teams always copy who wins the championship, like how yeah. they build their team, how they play. This doesn't feel like a roster, a playing style that you're just like, let's do that. Let's bring in that exact type of guy and let's do that. Yeah. One, because you need the elite of elite superstars to even consider doing something like this, where it's like all you two and then fill in enough around them. Like, what team is like, we need a really just good three hustle guys on the floor at the same time. And the skill, let's just hope it's enough on catch and shoot threes. Like, there's not, like... No one can do that. Like, you're not, like, replacing, like, LeBron in any of that. Like, you would have to essentially... You're saying, like, you're playing with a LeBron plus hustle guys plus AD. Which, like, I don't know, Kawhi might be the closest guy to LeBron. The are probably the closest overall to being able to achieve it. But there's just such a level of buy-in and coaching and defense and catch-and-shoot, three-point shooting, that's got to happen, at least in timely moments. Yeah. And, I mean, the Lakers hit it timely more so than throughout the year but again you're you better be betting on the best of the best superstars to get you to the point of hey danny green or caruso i just need you to stand wide open in the corner and hit it when i pass it to you yeah there's just so much though that gets to that point on the back of your superstars that it's hard to do it and that's why i don't know if that's a replicable way of building and playing as a team for sure. Uh, do you have anything you want to add? Um, last one, last question, Ryan. Uh, who do you hate winning a championship more, Dwight? Oh, Jesus. Jr. Jesus. Dion. Or now, what three-time champ, Javale McGee? <sighs> Anyone that grinds your gears a bit more than the other? You asked me this question specifically because you know my answer. I to do. This. I just want you to say it. Dwight Howard can doesn't deserve this championship. Can we, like, erase him from this championship team and give it to Jimmy Butler? Like, is that possible? Is that possible to tr- trade him championships? Or could we get, like... Can see- we, like, only order a certain number of rings and, like, give his ring to Avery Bradley and be like, oh, sorry, man. 
Like, we didn't order enough. Like, Avery Bradley did more for this team than Dwight Howard did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Avery Bradley's been sitting at home since July, so there's (laughs) that. Like, let's put into context what Dwight Howard did. Like, what did he do, really? Like, he was just a bruiser. He was a goon inside. Like, he tried to injure Jimmy Butler and get him injected. It didn't work, and then he got benched. And then hit a three. Like, the most disrespectful three. What? Like, now... I bet James Harden's sitting at home just like, oh my god, this guy's just an absolute clown. <laughs> yeah, no, and I know we were texting, like, what team watched Dwight play in this series and was like, I want him on my team. Right, no one, no one wants Dwight like on any, team. Any, t- any person, any team who would be interested in him, he's already been on that team and burned that bridge. Yep, because teams that aren't good. Like the Hornets. <laughs> like <laughs> The Wizards. <laughs> the Wizards. <laughs> right, so... Atlanta. Um, that's why it's like, yeah, no, I don't like any real respectful veterans. Like, we want Dwight. And My first thought was like, you know what? Houston needs a center. <laughs> I'm sure that would go. I was on the Dwight Redemption Tour now. Oh, like, God. just send him out to all his former teams. Um, it's like yeah. half the league. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. JaVale, I don't think anyone cares. Like, Whatever, good for JaVale. At least he seems like a cool dude. His first championship with the Warriors, I think he kind of earned. Because he was kind of important to the Warriors yeah, at, yeah, yeah. in stretches. And Dion, I mean, that dude's still probably high on edibles. He was in street so, clothes. Yeah. He was in street clothes. Like, he didn't do anything in the bubble. JR stripped before the buzzer even sounded. Like, he just seemed like a happy guy just living his best life out there. So First to touch cool. the trophy, too. I feel like that's, that's some crazy. sort of curse now. Like, if, if we got the great Bambino curse, we have the JR that's curse true. in L.A. Uh, and then Dwight, again, he's just such a goober. Like, out on the court. It's like, dude, like, everyone watching is like, calm down. Like, quit with the antics. Like, some quarters though he'll go for like eight and ten in like a quarter and you're like oh my god this team desperately needed that that was really great and awesome cool or like wow you actually like looked like a defensive like genius out there against you know whatever center of the heat were thrown out there because you are a former defense player of the year but then after like those couple of possessions and jimmy or whomever's like i'm just gonna go at you <laughs> like i'm not even like worried about you anymore and it's like negates him and it's like oh yeah you gotta take him out he doesn't do anything anymore. Yeah, the Heat didn't really have a great how- counter for the Dwight thing. Yeah, and they like kinda, most of the time uh, you don't need to because he'll play himself out of the game. <laughs> but, you know, again, he had moments all, all playoffs, all bubble, where it's like, oh, Dwight Howard. That was, that was a nice, you know, five-minute run where he put up six points and five rebounds and, like, really helped. But then for every five-minute run like that, he's going to have a three- or four-minute run where it's just a complete train wreck. Yeah, if Dragic plays in the series, he plays him out and by oh, half-final game one. Yeah, would not have played past game three, in yeah. my opinion, for sure. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at like, with Dwight. Like, he was important to that team throughout the year because they let Anthony Davis not play the five. I guess keeping him happy isn't as important as anything, um, besides LeBron's health. But that's why it's like it just feels kind of wrong. But, I mean, I guess he was on the roster. So, yeah. This joke's been made several times on Twitter already, but Dwight finally won his title in Orlando. There it is. There it is. There it is. Congrats, dude. Please retire. <laughs> Please go do something else now. He's going to go play in China next year, right? 
That's that's the play for him. I just like I don't I still don't know like how I I almost feel like the Lakers are like yeah we need you back actually, and they like kind of overpay him a little bit. By overpay I mean like five million dollars because that's Rob oh. Plinka should get fired if he does that. <laughs> you know I thought Rob Plinka should have been fired a couple years ago, but I guess job security is when you know you you get know? LeBron James for free and Anthony Davis. Yeah, for what you paid for Anthony Davis. Not somehow, you know, you get the superstar, you always win the trade. But somehow, I mean, Ingram, I mean, still a little bit to be determined. Other than him, though, that looks like a no-brainer trade. Looking back at it for LA, <laughs> like what are you tra- like what are you trading for? Like you're trading in like Josh Hart, like whatever. Yeah, like he's like a. Younger version of KCP, essentially. Lonzo, like, doesn't want to be there anymore. Lonzo is, like, a younger version of Rondo, right? Like, just yeah. kind of whatever at times. And then when you really need him, it's like, oh, this guy's a nice player. Yeah. Anyway, you just got, you trade away younger versions of what you have. So, there's that. Thank you for listening to episode 83. Matt, I have one last thought to part, part with. The Bills played tonight, and they ruined my fantasy just night. Let you down. Just absolutely let me down. If we're not trusting Philly, never trust Buffalo. Probably, unfortunate. Hey, I like Buffalo. I mean, I'm a Patriots fan, but I think Buffalo's are actually really good. I'm not picking them to do anything like serious, serious, but they're pretty good. They just got manhandled by the Titans, which is wild. Shout out Josh Norman. Yeah, ruined my fantasy night still. So Josh, Josh Allen, you're dead to me. Anyways. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to episode 83. We will uh, stop this podcast now so I can stop talking trash about the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you back for episode 84. Yeah.